Um, and this is where Omar stepped up to guitar and, and backing vocals. Bless him, he tries. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! I felt you slip away! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast. This is the greatest music podcast you'll ever listen to in your entire life. <sighs> go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Uh, go give us five stars on, on iTunes. Don't be a dumbass Bocephus and give us a one star because that guy's a fucking moron, a fucking moron. What if he's a really nice guy? Just made a mistake. No, he's a no, fucking he's moron. No, really <laughs> okay. he's really stupid. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, fuck him. So, <laughs> so my name is Tyler, way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. And then even farther than Jeff, thousands of miles away, way out there across the pond. Billions is, and uh, billions and billions. Exactly. Is Chris, friend of the pod, Chris. So there you go. Introduce yourself. Say hi. Hi. Again. <laughs> hi again. Hi. We, we already recorded an episode, so we already know everything about him. But uh, but yeah, so we have Chris straight from Birmingham, England uh, to talk about at the drive-in and to talk about their, their last record in Teralia. But before we do that, like we like to do on the podcast, we like to uh, rank their albums. So we're going to rank their EPs first, their five EPs, because we're not going to do their split because that's stupid. And then we're going to rank their four albums full length. So, well, well what? It's not stupid because <laughs> even during normal rankings of albums you like to add in like comps and and <laughs> eps and live stuff so i don't say it's stupid when you're like the biggest offender of said stupid act well it is stupid and i could do whatever i want because there are no restrictions okay on well the fuck me <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah like i said we're gonna we're gonna get into their eps first we're gonna rank those real quick give our favorite song from each and uh and yeah so we're it's gonna be jeff first then chris then myself so let's just start with our uh, number five, our least best for their uh, At The Drive-In's EPs. So what do you got? Ooh, doggy. All right. So number five is El Gran Orgo Okay. for me. Um, besides, besides Fahrenheit and kind of like Picket Fence Cartel, this one missed Jim. Like this, we, I missed him. I wanted him there. It was it was kind of a new beginning though I get it with like the sound direction and and like realistically would Omar ever have I'm, I'm like like actually asking would Omar ever have gone to the guitar had it not been for this? That's possible. That's possibly I mean, not. We, we yeah. never know. Like imagine one, yeah. a world where Omar just never went to a guitar like he stayed playing bass forever. Well, he was a frontman before he was in at the drive-in. That's yeah, he met Cedric as a frontman uh, at like 14 years old. 
Um, and like he was still tiny and scrawny and used to just go beat up other kids. <laughs> he was an, Dude, he was kid, an angry that, boy. <laughs> that thing too, man. They were so like talk about looking young. Like they were so scrawny. Maybe all kids are scrawny. That's at that that's age, heroin, man. That's heroin. That's what it does to you. Yeah. See. Yeah. Uh, that's that's um, my least favorite. I don't think any of these are bad. Wait, that's that's my least favorite. But Fahrenheit, like, dude, that's such a good song. It's so good. It's <laughs> such a good song. It's so iconic at the drive-in. It's so iconic. ATDI. It's noisy, mm-hmm. aggressive, snotty, melodic. It's it's everything. Everything you want from this band. Yeah. Fucking fantastic banger of a song. Beyond banger. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with yeah. You. We're all with you. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got for your for your number five? Uh, well, well. I mean, Jeff's wrong. <laughs> I, I think so, too. Uh, my, my, my number five, and I think it's the only release by theirs I don't really love or, or don't enjoy, is uh, Afaro Vive Carajo. What? Yeah. Yeah. Curveball. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. You, you can bring it. Um, I, I think it's I think it's their weakest by quite some way. I think it's their weakest in terms of uh, Cedric's lyrics. Uh, I think it's weakest in terms of it's. It's all very straight up driven. It's quite punky. Uh, it's quite loud, which is cool. But all the songs tend to blend. Um, the coolest thing about it is that it's named after uh, a militant left wing Ecuadorian uh, like political party, <laughs> uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, the CD version, uh, which is the version I have and listen to, uh, has Picket Fence version zero on it, which was then rewritten uh, to become Picket Fence Cartel from Our Gran Orca. Uh, and that's not even that great a song, but that is probably my best pick of it. I really struggled to enjoy this one. Uh, like, Weird. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I'm starting on a great foot here, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Al- Alfaro was their second EP, right? Yeah, after, yeah. after the second, 1995? 95. Afaro was 95, and then Hell Pass was 94. 95? 94. Yeah, Hell Pass was 94. 94? <laughs> 94. 1994, son. The year Kurt Cobain <laughs> blew his face off. I was roadieing for the Rolling Stones. It was a great year. It was a great year. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my number five. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> he can just say anything, and because he already has the accent, it just it flows. It it's does. It works. <laughs> We're just not used to the to the accent. It's <laughs> uh, okay, so my number five. I haven't listened to this one in fucking years. It's it's just I never really got into it ever. Uh, but it, it's it's Hell Paso. But because I haven't heard it in so long and I, my expecta- expectations were so low, it was way better than I thought, but it's still not as good as their other EPs. Uh, my favorite song on this one is Grand Mox Turkin. Mm. That, that one's good. I mean, all three songs are good, but I, I do like kind of like just the garage band rawness of this EP. It's, it's mm. fantastic. And for being their first output, I mean, it's solid, solid stuff. So that's my number. My number five is El Paso. Mm. So what do you got for your number four, Jeff? My number four is Hell Paso. And um, yeah, I, I it's it's kind of cool how unlike At The Drive-In this is. It's, mm-hmm. it's very more straightforward punk rock sound than like their iconic post-hardcore sound. And it's like you said, it's very like garage rock. It's very, I don't know, it's, it's pretty shitty, but in an endearing kind of way. 
Yeah, it's that, that's what gives it its charm. But uh, emptiness is a mule, man. Come on, like that <sighs> high, yes, that high calm guitar riffage. Like that is, like I've come to, I come to really appreciate and love that that part of At the Drive-In. Everything in At the Drive-In is so spastic, is so, is so crazy, is so over the top, is so like calm the fuck down, Ex- except for just constantly mm-hmm. Jim just doing that high calm guitar riff constantly over and over and over, and that's it's good mm. shit. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. For sure. All right. So what do you got for number four, Chris? My number four is also Hal Paso. Uh, yeah, yeah. So their first release, uh, the the only release with that lineup, I think, uh, and recorded with Jim's college fund money. <laughs> so wow. His parents must have been so happy. Especially now. Well, uh, I mean, honestly, how much did it cost? Like 300 bucks to record this? Not movie? even that, I don't think. Yeah, including the pressing. <laughs> how and much of a college rest, fund? They reused the rest. Well, they used the rest of money to go on tour. Um, mm. So, yeah, and as just Jeff said, man, emptiness is a mule. Like, it's one of my favorite deep cuts. It's such a mature song compared to the other two. It's got those things that became classic at the drive in. You've got. Jim and Cedric sharing that vocal when Cedric's in the did 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 it and you've got like Jim underneath. There's some great harmonies. There's some wailing. It's the less is more. Like you've got those clean guitars, yeah. you know. And mm-hmm. then it it's so much more. It's got so much more umph than the other two tracks, even though it's way more minimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Cedric goes off on his wails. There's some really early harmonies that don't quite work, but that's kind of the joy of them. Because <laughs> it's all recorded live as well. The whole thing was done live because it was so cheap. Um, yeah, it's like, I remember the first time I heard this, I was about 17 or 18, and he was like, yeah, I managed to get all these shitty MP3 downloads of their early EPs. And <laughs> that song just hit really hard. And I was like, oh, man, like they were already like, that's what they focused on and, and grew. And that's, yeah, you can see the, the germs, the germs of the band right there. Yeah, um, oh, it's, it's a great track, even with like, I've never found a version that doesn't have like surface noise, even rips to like Spotify or YouTube, because it's all ripped <laughs> from shitty 10 inches, you know. Yeah. Uh, but love it. Yeah. Hal Paso, number four. Number four. All right. Well, my number four is Alfaro. I'm not going to try to say the whole thing because I'm, I'm horrible with accents and nah, nah, nah. So yeah, Alfaro is my number four. Uh, if I had to go with, I mean, this this album was, it's much like El Paso. Like I, it doesn't do much for me. It's it's another one of those that I never really, I haven't heard in years, and I've never really gone back to. But it's good. It it's very good for that that era of the band. And but other than that, I just never really go back to it. And but if I had to pick a song, it'd be uh, Ludvico Driven. That one's pretty good. I. But other than that, like a lot of the songs just kind of blend together for me. But it, it, mm. it's a solid EP for sure. Okay. So that's my number four. It's stupid, but okay. <laughs> this is probably your number one, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the, come on. I, I feel because, like all the, of our number oh, ones are probably Chris put be the it same. At, Chris put it at five. I put it at four. So it's probably your number one. Yeah, Chris is Chris is most stupid. You're second most stupid. Oh, you're going to be so <laughs> pissed at the rest of my rankings, bro. <laughs> There's no way we all don't have the same number one. There's just no fucking way. <laughs> oh, I'd really hope not. Oh. Like I'd be, I'd be offended. And I'd just ring off. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see how it goes. Signs off. I can do. I can do a Jeff. Like fucking, I'm walking. <laughs> I am Christopher walking right here. Damn. That's good. That's good. Uh... <laughs> 
All right. So number what number we got, three. What do we got for three? Yeah. Number three is uh, Diamante. Okay. Um, <laughs> Their newest one. This this was this was too short. This was too short. I was kind of I was kind of sad. I don't remember this being that good. I I this like fell to the wayside for me. I guess as far as this listening. Dude, there were so many songs that brought up through this EP playlist, especially that I was like, "Holy fuck!" I remember this song. I remember this song, but like, I don't mm-hmm. remember anything from Diamante, and so yeah. it was it was kind of sad. But like, dude, this is a fucking banger of an EP, and each three mm-hmm. songs like they got better and better and better until the point of the point of demarcation. That's like obvious. That's their <laughs> best song. Obf. Like throwing a little de facto Obf. stuff in there. It's heavy. It's crunchy. It was unbelievable. It was unfucking believable how this EP started off good, and then went to great, and then went to like, wow, I'm fucking embarrassed that I don't listen to this more. Some people have said this is better than Interalia. Would you say that? Do you want me to say it now or later? Because <laughs> spoiler. Let's wait till later. Let, let's wait till okay. later. Let's wait till later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So that's Dude, number three. That's oh. my number three, yeah. <laughs> All right, so what's your number three, Chris? Uh, my number three, I went back and forth on this one. Uh, I really did. But my number three is uh, Al Gran Orco. Um, okay. And it's it's cool. Uh, I get what Jeff said. There is no gym. Uh, and this is where Omar stepped up to guitar and, and backing vocals. Bless him. He tries. And I, I think it's this one because, like, I find with a lot of ATDI is that um, the they start the first couple of tracks are like the most straightforward, and then they move into the more complex stuff, and they they introduce more interesting elements throughout you know the records. They they flow really well. Um, it has got to be Fahrenheit. It has mm-hmm. to be Fahrenheit. Is 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 the biggest banger off that record. Uh, it's great. Uh, you get the introduction of yeah Omar's guitar style that more spastic style uh, that you know it's missing Jim's counterplaying you've got Ben Rodriguez don't know who that guy is but yeah he was playing. only in the band for like six months I think yeah literally he just turned up to to play because Jim was like I'm done I'm you know he we'll talk more about Jim I think when we get into into Alia, but yeah, yeah uh, it's it's good the first half is far less impressive. Um, Interesting in the band's history that they got screwed by the record label and just got released and literally told people to go go and bootleg it. Steal it, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's so yeah. weird. Um, and has the rewritten version of Picket Fence Cartel uh, from Aferro Vida. And uh, it's way better <laughs> as well. Uh, but yeah, certainly I think the first half is weaker than the second, but it, overall it's a solid EP. Yeah. But Fahrenheit is. is the thing, yeah. It's a shame they would never, like, they, they distance themselves from this so much. It sucks because there's a lot of good stuff on here. Hi. So my number, uh, my number three is Diamante. This is uh, this is one where just like Jeff said, it was kind of forgotten because when it came out, it was only released on vinyl. It wasn't released on streaming sites for like four or five months after the release. So at that point, people, had, I feel like people had kind of forgotten about it because I think it was a record store day release. Yeah. And I guess with like the way that's set up, you're not allowed to stream new releases from record store day for months after because they want shit to sell obviously. So so that was that's kind of what plagued this EP I feel was was the record store day. And uh but yeah, other than that, I think this is this is solid stuff. I remember back then I thought this EP was better than Interalia, but uh yeah, maybe it's maybe it's better <laughs> still, maybe it's not. I don't know. We'll get into that. But my favorite <laughs> almost my showed favorite, your cards there. 
I did. I almost blew it. Uh, but my favorite song on here is Amid Ethics. I love that song, man. I, I mean, yes. honestly, every song, all three songs are fantastic, fan-fucking-tastic. But Amid Ethics always gets me the most. That's the best one. So, yeah, Diamante is my number three. So what do you got for number two, Jeff? Well, you both seem to hate this one so much, but Alfaro Vive Carrajo. That's my number two. <laughs> my number two, right? Yeah, number two. Yeah, it's number two, yeah. Yeah, this one was a banger. Like, like some of the best, some of the coolest bass lines out of all of their EPs came off of this one. They just, really? they were really, they were, they were just solid. They, they rolled throughout every song. There were some pretty strong melodies. And overall, this, this was like their most fun EP. It sounded they were having the most fun. It was just a good time. And that's rare because Omar never, I don't think he's ever had fun in his fucking life. <laughs> but everybody else just sounded like they were having fun. Thus, I was having fun. Well, Omar wasn't on this one, right? I don't. Let me. I'm double checking, but I don't think he was on this one. So maybe that's why they had fun. Yeah, I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's not even so there's good. not even a Wikipedia entry. But no, no I don't think he played on this one. Yeah, Omar, Dude, there you go. Omar. Yeah, Omar didn't play on this one. I don't <laughs> oh even think Paul God. was that's in the why band. That was so yet. fun. No, Paul joined after Acrobatic Tenement. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, so yeah, Tony, because Omar because Omar played on Acrobat. Yeah, yeah, but Tony and Paul didn't. Yeah, Omar yeah, must have right. walked into the rehearsal and just sucked all of the fun out of the room. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Gone. Gone. Jeez. But yeah, dude, like, so like Tyler mentioned it, but but Ludvico Driving, that is my that is my favorite song from this. And I absolutely yeah. love this song. I think the guitar is like the guitar lead is very Sparta sounding. And the backup female <laughs> vocals add such a cool nuance to this song that we don't we we didn't hear a lot from like the earlier days of At the Drive In where it was very it wasn't just backing vocals, it was like co lead vocals. Yeah. And I loved mm. it. Man, At the Drive In were so good in the nineties. Yeah. Oh damn. Oh, so good. Damn. So what do you got for number two, Chris? Number two is Diamante. Um I have it on vinyls. Um, of course. Of course. Um, of course I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, as I as I mentioned in, in the, the the previous episode, like I yeah, it's recorded at Clouds Hill with Johan. Uh, I've been, I've literally sat and seen Omar play in the room they recorded it. Uh, the Amid Ethics video that was never released was filmed here in the UK. Uh, I think it was at the Scala Club in London. It might be the Hundred Club. So I, I, it's one of those two, uh, which I tried to get tickets for and didn't, but. Uh, like many things Omar does, it was just never released. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, that's, and I remember seeing them last time I saw them, they, they played it live and no one else was singing the words. I listened to know the song and my mate Paul, who I brought before, me and him were front row and Cedric saw us and he came over and did a little dance for us. And that was cool. Because um, he was like, oh my God, you guys actually know this fucking song. Whoa. <laughs> a little Cedric boogie. Uh, but the best track on here is, 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 as Jeff said, it's Point of Demarcation, man. It's so good. It's De Facto meets Nocturnicae. It was, mm, you know, it, the bass is so filth. Those really mechanical sounding drums. Cedric mm -hmm. doing that sort of like almost falsetto but quite clean vocal. It was very different. It was more experimental than into Alia. Um, it was just yeah, I love you know I'm, I'm attached to it personally, but like I think I, I um denied that one and El Gran Orco in my rankings, but Diamante just pipped it because I do think although it's shorter, every song is great. Amid Ethics is great. Mm -hmm. The point of my case is great, and the, the just the experimental production across that record. And it sounds like this to me sounds like they had fun making it. 
I, I'm with you too because I remember they were posting on their, their social media them recording it and it, I remember every picture seeing every picture and video of them just like laughing and they all looked like they were having a good time yeah and I even saw pictures of Omar smiling yeah because well, you, you can live in that studio there's, there's there's a kitchen and there's rooms like it's a full I mean because it's in the middle of nowhere in Hamburg yeah. like it's a good sort of hours walk out from the city it's you know it's so you are it's it's like the old school days you know of when mm-hmm. we used to make albums you know and it's a proper studio and there's just vintage equipment everywhere and everyone is just chill like there's there's such nice people who run that place and yeah it's 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 a fun record and it's a beautiful little vinyl uh and it's too short that's the only complaint it's too short yeah, as Jeff it's says. way too short yeah i wanted another two tracks um but yeah <laughs> Point of demarcation. That's the crossover of Mars Vault run out of drive-in right there. Yeah. yeah. Right. There you go. So my number two is uh, El Gran Orgo. This is this is another one. I, I this one got my attention. Like I forgot how good this was. I I used to listen to this one a lot way back when, and uh, and I just forgot how good it was. It's so great. It's it's really really great. And the song "Give It a Name" is my favorite just because it's the only song that they've ever done that doesn't sound like at the drive-in. Like, it's just like a punk song. But it, it, is it a cover song? I don't know. It almost sounds like a cover <laughs> song because I don't, I don't know. Maybe one of you guys might know. But, but you were like asking sounds, the question and just answered it really quick before we yeah, get Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. But it, it does because it sounds so, it doesn't sound like at the drive-in. And I, that's why I've, I've always been drawn to this song and this album was because this, this is like the opener, the opening track of it. And I don't know. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a fantastic EP. And all the songs are great, but Give It A Name is the, the standout for me on this one. So, yeah, that's my number two. That leads us to our number one, which I guess we've all agreed upon. Hell yeah. I, 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 how, how could it not be like the number one EP, though, you know? It is. It's, it's, like, come it's on. so fucking yeah. great. So good. So, what it, what it, like, it's, it's just the perfect transition between inside, In Casino Out and Relationship. Like, they could not have transitioned better than Via. No, this is fucking fantastic. This is, uh, so, I mean, I guess spoilers, but this is only second to relationship. That's it. This is everybody at their best, but in a less kind of cohesive EP format, I guess. But, yeah, this is second only to relationship. That's it. Really? Oh, for sure. For sure. That's it. This, was, okay. this is my go-to. If I'm introducing someone to the band, I give them Via. I also have Via on vinyl. <laughs> I was oh, looking at that this week, too. It. The split green red version. It's it's sick on ten inch. Um, yeah, I think it's so good. It's such a maturation of sound and dynamic. The structure is so good. Um, again, you've got the simpler songs at the front, and it goes into the more experimental stuff, similar to In Casino Out. That mm-hmm. distorted bassline, man, on Proxima Centauri, like it's so good, yeah. so good. And then you got the pop punk vibes, like the keyboard line on uh, is it Ursa Minor, like that's so reminiscent of a screeching weasel song. Uh, Every night, which was nineteen ninety three, like do 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 do. It's like ah, it's so nice. <laughs> I've actually never heard a screeching weasel song. Is that weird? But you yes, love you pop have. punk. Yes, like, you have. We we Maybe I have. I just don't remember. Dude, okay. What? Remember, there would yeah. be no Green Day or Blink One Eight Two yeah. without Screeching Weasel. And both he has. Bands. Mike Dern played in Screeching Weasel. <laughs> Fuck me. He has. He has. He just doesn't remember. I know he has because I've played. I've picked oh. them as old format pod. I've picked them before as our as my weekly pick. I know you have for a fact. 
Uh, I don't they know. Don't. I don't know. They're a great band. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So okay. So getting back to Via, Via is, is my number one. All of our number ones. So my my favorite at the driving song has like always been and still is now Metronome Arthritis. That is oh, so good. That is like the best thing that they have ever done. I think it is absolutely perfect. It is a beyond banger. But if 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 I had to pick something else, it would be Proxima Centauri. I think that I'm song is so damn fun. It's such a banger. It's so amazing. It's. It's so great. Yeah, I have such a good time listening to it. I just feel so happy. It is. It, it's it's my favorite one too. It's it's everything you'd want from this era of At the Drive-In. It has it blends everything perfectly. The almost chaos mixed with like kind of the laid back, like what Chris was saying with like the the I guess like the fuzzy bass line, and it's it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. I was so close to picking Metronome Arthritis for years. That was my favorite ATDI song. And when I saw them play it, and I think it was 2012, like I lost my shit. Uh, but in the end, I went for 198D. Uh, I think it's just a bit deeper. Like you've, A, you've got that, that electrical pulse. Again, it's starting to see this experimentation more in that band. Um, the fact that it's about the mass graves in Lebanon where Tony's grandmother's buried, which is why it's numbered 198D. It's just a number mm-hmm. in a row. Um, you know, it's got that offbeat, almost reggae feel bass line. It's really minimalistic in the verses. Cedric doing, again, a clean vocal. And then Jim's scream at the end. So good. Such a compliment of vocal style there. And I remember like seeing it, li- again, seeing this track live at Brixton and Cedric really vaulted it up. Like he extended the melody, <laughs> like he, and he really like pushed that speaking tongues line to like like <laughs> accentuated it. Uh, I'm not going to try and do a subject impression. Fuck that. You should though. <laughs> you should. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like after another liter of beer, I'll, I'll get there. Um, but to me, that was it was such a great, <laughs> a great yeah. But yeah, it's it's a real toss up between that track and Metro Mouth. This the CP. There isn't there isn't a bad track. The entire thing is playlisted. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I I'm with you guys. It's this is a perfect DP, absolutely is a perfect DP. Yeah. <sighs> All right, so let's move on to the albums. Mm. We they got four albums we're gonna mm. get into. So let's just start with their least best. Some might say not their worst, their least best. Okay, yeah, and, uh, I would say you, that because they they don't have a bad full length album at all. Agreed. No, not no, a bad no. one. Nope. Okay, so what do you got, Jeff, for your number four? Uh, my number four is Interalia. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Yep. yep. That's a bummer. But okay, why? I mean, I, I mean, we'll, well get into it later. So we'll never get mind. Get into it later. So never mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking. You're just repeating what I'm saying. Am I repeating what you're saying? You were, but that's fine. Okay, Am Chris, I? what do you got for your number four? <laughs> number four, uh, again, yes, one of your like not a bad record is Acrobatic Tenement. Okay. Uh, it's it's it's. Biggest criticism people seem to give it, not me, is that it lacks distortion. And that becomes from, um, basically, Jim thought he'd recorded scratch tracks. They were guide guitar tracks. And because they ran out of money, they ended up being a guitar tracks. Uh, so they were like, there are a couple of bits where you can hear, like, he misses the distortion pedal. Like, he just doesn't turn it on. Uh, so cool. But it's, it's charming. I think yeah. it's charming. Um it's yeah, Omar obviously on bass, not on guitar. Uh, Ryan Sawyer on drums and Adam Abberton on guitar. Both were kicked out pretty much straight after the recording. They never toured it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, a lot of it is based on Julio Venegas, who Mars Volta fans will know is the main character for The Last in the Comatorium. Uh, in Brogula in particular. But my favourite track, uh, and it has been for a long time, uh, is Initiation. Uh, but actually, there is a far superior version, uh, which is on not on Spotify, I don't think, and it's on the Vis Station is non-operational, which is my first comp, well, the first release I ever had by it, which is a comp, and it's a live BBC version with the classic lineup. So you've got Tony and Paul as a rhythm section, uh, mm. and there's a lot more electronics involved. It sounds much more like an In Casino Out via era track. Mm. Um, the vocals are so great. I mean, I just. Even on the studio version, I just love that interplay. I love the lyrics. Uh, yeah, I just I think it's great. It's a punk song, but it's anthemic. Uh, it's simple, but it's good. And I think that's acrobatic tenement in a bombshell. Really, it's it's great. It's, it's, it's charming. Very straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. Uh, acrobatic tenement is my 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 least best. My number four as well. Uh, my favorite song is either Starlight or Communication Drive-In. Both are really good. I just that like the. Like it's just it's clearly a band that just were rushing an album, you could tell. But it were they somehow like pulled it together but barely pulled it together. And it just it has so much charm and just just little things here and there that that just make it just classic, you know, and just just fun to listen to. Because you can hear all the little fuck ups and the little things here and there, but it's nice. It sounds real. So yeah. it's nice. It's nice and nice. Nice. Very nice. So, so that's that's my number four. What do you got for your number three, Jeff? Uh, my number three is Acrobatic, Acrobatic Tenements. This is, um, mm-hmm. dude. I just maybe I'm like a like a gym man. I don't know, but I love the gym without Omar constraint feeling. I I absolutely think it's fucking fantastic. I think it's so great. It's so opposite Cedric's ecstatic voice and his vocal delivery. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's just, dude, they're just mm-hmm. like polar opposite ways they present the songs and the structures. And without Omar there to kind of church it up, I guess, it's very stripped <laughs> down, very dumbed down. But I love that sound. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, fuck off. Uh, Blue Tag. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Tag is it's a nice tune. Cedric's spazzing out all over the place, and the music just rolls along. It's so easy, it's so calm, it's collected. It's like a, it's like a parent watching their kid have a tantrum and just chilling there, waiting for it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> that is a beautiful analogy. That is great. <laughs> oh. oh shit. Okay. So, what do you, uh, Chris? What do you got for your number three? My number three is uh, okay, it's that, that low too. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So oh, it's not a, it's not a bad. To say, there's no bad record. That's your number three. All right. Well, um, my number three is In Casino Out. Amazing record. Absolutely amazing record. Uh, My favorite one on here is Shaking Hand Incision. But, I mean, there's so many great songs. For Now We Toast. Um, uh, I mean, just just everything about this. And the fact that they they recorded this album live because they wanted to, to, to try to replicate the energy of a live show just made it that much cooler. Everything, I mean, and this is Omar's first like full length as a guitar player, and it's just they they were so good at this this point. They were just so fucking good. Mm. So that's my number three is uh, in Casino Out. Okay. So what do you got for your number two, Jeff? My number two is in Casino Out. It's a pretty darn good album. It's uh, even though I love I love that that Jim Ward 
kind of being on his own sound. This is, um, but like this is a definite middle ground leading into relationship, and and there's a lot of things here that after mm-hmm. hearing relationship, you say, okay, I get it. Like this is this is like the uh, the preview to relationship, which doesn't really make it bad or anything. Yeah. It's just like you know where they're going, and you know where they're going is is perfection, and so. It's it's hard to listen to this without thinking, oh, I can't wait to listen to Relationship next. But they mastered a lot of the more basic sounds from Acrobatic, and, and they kind of understood the importance of the sound they were messing with during, like, the Grand Orgo phases. So I get it. It's it's fun. I think it's a fantastic album. Lopsided is for sure my favorite song on this. Lopsided, I think, is 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 so fucking good. It's a banger. They're they're just they're like so good. like just this whole week has just been like a like a weird roller coaster, because especially with, with like relationship those those songs always kind of make me just smile and have fun, but a lot of like hits here or there have reminded me, like why did I stop listening to these guys? Much like when we did the Mars Volta listen through, I was like why did I stop listening to this? I don't yeah. know, but but lopsided definitely made me made me really happy and made me laugh and giggle because I loved it so much. <laughs> That's good. That's great. Ah, okay, so what do you got for your number two, Chris? It's also in Casino Out. Um, I do love Lopsided. It's a classic, like, emo, and I mean emo is in real emo song, and, like, it's great <laughs> that they still put it in their set lists. I think that's so good uh, because it's an overlooked record, although it's weird because I have arguments with my friends. Like, I have a couple of guys who are like, in Casino Out is the best, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. come but, on, um, guys. But I'd love it, as, as, as Tyler said, I loved it. It was recorded live, minimal overdubs, um, to try and get that sound. Um, it's great that Jim came back, you know, and he adds so much melody to this band. Like, that is Jim. He is their secret weapon at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where you see electronics start to enter their sound as well, which is the real maturation of the songwriting. Um, you've got, obviously, the sound of what would become Sparta with Hourglass, Jim's lead vocal. Uh you know, and I think you can hear the sound of Sparta in there, and the keys are used. Which you know, Jim is always Jim on keys, which is great. Yeah, like um, but for me, and I tried not to pick this song. I really did because <laughs> I've always, I, it's too, you know, it's it's the single. It's one they still play up, but it's Napoleon solo, man. Ah, so like, good. like it's so good that that guitar line, the two guitars interplaying when they cross over on the notes, mm-hmm. so good. The fact that it's about like, cause this band had so much shit happen to them so many bad things so many yeah. members have died or you know they you know they almost all died in a car crash and the fact this song is written like you know their two friends two two 17 year old girls died in a horrendous car crash and yeah. these guys found out two minutes before going on stage you know and the fact that it's live the fact that it's written about something that clearly was so potent to them it's such an intense song you know, it, yeah, and it's well, heavy. And Cedric played yeah. played drums with those two girl two girls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were friends. They were in bands together. Yeah, as you say, man. And they were just seventeen. You know, it's so heavy, but it's so anthemic as well. Like they channeled it and wrote such a mature song. Like they could have easily just written like a two minute punk thing. And they but it's just almost it's like four and a half minutes. Like, yeah, it's something like that. It's you know, and it just builds and it builds. You know, and that that screaming at the end, like I just. Yeah, but that whole album, to me, is it is it is possibly a perfect record. It's a banger. Damn, uh, man! Like I love In Casino Out, and I think it's it's weird. There is like a real split amongst fans, but I think in the greater public, it's underrated. I think uh, so. Too. And a, 
last little show about is just Chambada because it's so silly. It's so batshit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love so that good. song too. That song's a banger. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So that leads us to our number one, which we can all agree upon, right? What was your number oh, two? No, no my, my number two is Interalia. So oh, that's my number two. My, that's my number silly. two. Nah, it's nah, right. That's not silly. It's, it's silly. right. It's, it's right. Silly. It's right. It's right. We're, so, uh, we're yeah, past our the number point of, of pretending to be nice. It's silly. We're, we're past the point of demarcation. Yes. Uh, oh, got him. Drop. Got him. So beautiful. Uh, so yeah, our number one we all agree upon is relationship of command. Their oh, best fuck, record. Yeah. This is a no brainer, right? It's, yeah. Come on. It's a perfect record. It, it is a perfect record. Like. This even though the band hate the mix. This the band hate the mix. <laughs> this album still surprises me today. This album still fucking like punches me in my gut still today. Just I hear things that I've never heard before. I feel things I've never felt before. There are things about this album that I just think like, what the fuck were they thinking? Like how how did they come so far and then do this? Yeah. I just I don't I don't understand it. And it's even though it's wildly acclaimed and, and, and people love it, I still think it's underrated. I think so too. Not enough people talk about it. Not enough people talk about it. Yeah, I'd agree. It. I was shocked that uh, BBC Six Music actually mentioned its anniversary this year. Really? I was wow. I was like, yeah, I was crazy. Uh, and yeah, it's just the album that introduced me to Ross Robinson. Yeah. Um, oh boy. It's mixed mixed by the same money mix, never mind. But the band, I say, they hate it. They hate the Andy Wallace mix. Omar was originally supposed to remix it for the Record Store Day release. Um, and then, then the whole reunion went sour. Uh, but they did still reissue it on double orange vinyl, which Oof. your boy has. Uh, of course. Damn, genius. <laughs> yeah, forty-five RPM. So I mean, it's it's a bitch because you've got to change the sides so many times. But the yeah. sound is probably so rich. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, man, it's so and it's so loud. It's oh, so oh, loud man. as a vinyl. Yeah, uh, and that one, two, three, man, that first hit of Pat, you know, Arc Arsenal, Patton against using one arms. Is that is that the perfect side A? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I think so. <laughs> like, yeah. Arc Arsenal is arguably one of the most perfect like intros of of, of all time. It's, With, it's, uh, still uh, use it live. It's to scary. Open it. It's yeah. fun. It's it's weird. It's it's frightening. Like it's it's. It makes that me, build up I, is just so noisy. Good. The drums. My heart beats. The drums. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> so what what are our favorite songs from Relationship? Enfilade. It's, it's yeah, I mean Infilade. I can't. Okay. It's so hard not I dude it's there's so much history with 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 our group of friends with it uh, with with us and and it's just a, it's it's such a banger of a song and it just it's so good. It just it makes is. you feel so weird. I feel so uncomfortable sometimes listening to it and I just I don't know Why? it's just such because it's it's like scary. It's very scary in the beginning. Like there's, it's it's mimicking a kidnap. I guess kidnapping is funny to you, but yeah. it's like mimicking a kidnapping, you know. And it's 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 frightening. Have you seen the version where I think it was a few years ago where Omar just rips out the most insane solo in the middle of it? No, like it's no. off. The, oh, I'll send it to you guys because honestly, like I think the YouTube video is just called Omar Rips Enfilad, and it's just insane. <laughs> uh, but like he literally just goes off on one, and it's so good. And Cedric's having so much fun with it. It's like like old but Mars yeah. Volta days. It sounds like. Yeah, he fully vaults it basically. Nice. Yeah, uh, I. This was so hard. To pick, it is tough. But I went for Invaded Litter Department. Really? Purely again because of the because of the subject matter. You know, Dude, fact, that's it's so heavy. Re- yeah, it is. Real women being murdered in Mexico City. It's and I think the bit that gets me is 
you know, they, they Cedric in particular talked about working with Ross and how he got him to smash it in the studio, got him to be really intense. And that scream at the breakdown, that wordless scream, mm-hmm. and you can just hear it's a guy screaming his lungs out into a microphone and he can't even get words out anymore. They might even have been lyrics, but he's not getting them out. And every time it gives me goosebumps. That's Ross for Every you. time. Dude, the transition, yeah, just from the, the verse into the chorus, after he says ashes, like that that yeah. half-second buildup is some of the strongest on this entire album. Yeah, man. It's just like, it's a quick, it's, it's that proof they could turn on a dime. You know, that's, it's, that's the strength. Like, people go on about how spastic they were live and how insane the place were. But the fact, you know, that this and the record before was recorded live, they were so tight as a band at this point. They were. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so it was hard, but I think Invalid Little Department, just because it's everything that band could do in one song. No, you're right. Absolutely right. My favorite one on here is Arc Arsenal. I mean, I think it's one of the the best openers to an album and that build up with the, the shaker and then you just hit, you hear the one snare hit and then it just fucking explodes. And oh my God. And then watching live videos of them perform that song live, like a big day out in 99, I think it was. And Omar, when, when he's playing that, that opening guitar riff, he, he's just like, I've never seen him go more crazy in my life. Like he's, he looks, doesn't look human. He looks like jelly, just moving around the stage i've never seen anybody move like that it's so weird and it's just that song is just pure chaos but in the best way oh yeah distilled distilled yes so yeah that that arc arsenal is their best on that on that Mm. so yeah there you go that that's that those are our rankings of at the drive-ins eps and full-length records Okay, now that we're done with the rankings, let's finally, finally get into the album of the week. Jeff, what, what are we doing today? What, what are we doing on the pod? Enter Alia.
All right, At The Drive-In was formed in 1994 in El Paso, Texas by Cedric Bixler, Zavala on vocals, and Jim Ward on guitar. They currently have four full-length albums, five EPs, one split, one comp, and we're the driving force in kickstarting the post-hardcore genre. But the album we're doing today is Interalia. It's the band's fourth album, and it was released May 5th, 2017. It features Cedric Bix- Bixler, Zavala on vocals, Omar Rodriguez Lopez on guitar, Keely Davis on guitar, Tony Hajar on drums, and Paul Hinojos on bass. It was also produced by Omar and Rich Costi. Now, boys, Jeff and Chris, what are our initial thoughts on At the Drive In and our origin story? Where, how did we get into At the Drive In? So mm. let, let, let's jump into this. What do we got? Okay. Um, so just just real quick, there's a video I put in our show notes. It's 10 seconds long. So while I'm giving my spiel, you guys can both watch the video because it perfectly encapsulates what I feel about this album. So go ahead and do okay. that as I'm speaking. Um, I, I don't remember. I know we've talked about this before, and I don't remember like my initial jump into At The Drive-In. I, it was probably you, Tyler, at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. I do remember Relationship of Command and just being like obsessed with that album throughout high school, especially in Falade and, and even, again, like I said earlier, even members of our, of our group of friends who don't really listen to music kind of in, in the sense that we listen to music, you know? So even they knew that song because we played it so fucking much. And then Mars Volta kicked in and, and there was a brief period where I was, I was maybe not as obsessed as Tyler was, but I was, we were, we were almost matching and then I died off, died off for, yeah. for many, many years until we kind of did the pot again. And, and, I guess that's like this all is, is kickstarting everything again for me. And I've said it once and I, I'm going to say it again. I still think at the drive-in is better than the Mars Volta at the drive-in <laughs> is the best thing that Omar has ever done. Even better than de facto. Come on. Yes. I you do love, think you love, I do love de facto. I think de facto is fucking phenomenal, but yes, I do think at the drive-in as a whole is better than de facto. And so this is like the second time we've done this album, right? Correct. Yeah, we did this like when we first started the podcast. So this is probably like episode twenty something of the like pod. The week it came out. Yeah, Jeez. this is yeah the week it came out. It was a week after it came out. We did okay. it, and so we didn't give it a fair <laughs> yeah. shake for sure. So yeah, we we definitely didn't get a fair shake. And so if you guys watched that video, did you watch it, Tyler? Yeah, I just watched it. Yeah, the did you watch it with the sound? I did, yeah. Okay, so so this album was 17 years in the making, right? And and everybody, all the fans, all the Yeds, all the true Yeds were asking, we want At The Drive-In. We want more At The Drive-In. And then they give us At The Drive-In, mm-hmm. and I'm still not satisfied. And what, that's, what did you expect? Honestly, I don't know. And much like in that Simpsons video, Homer says, hey, w- give me one of those huge beers you guys are always drinking in Australia. And the bartender gives him a huge beer. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's big. <laughs> And he's, yeah, even then he's like, oh, okay, I don't know. <laughs> but it's a big fucking beer. And like, this is a good At The Drive-In record. And this hits all of the checkboxes for what I wanted when At The Drive-In comes back. And for some reason, I'm just, I'm not satisfied. Even now you can't do it? I, I, I think this is a good album. I think this is a good album. And I'm still going to buy it on vinyls, even though I, I fucking missed slept out on it slept on it i'm still gonna buy this because i think it's good i will listen to this multiple times but i don't know man there's just something about this and i i know what it is i fucking a list of, of 
issues with it. <laughs> but okay, I'm interested. I I figure I figure both of you are gonna have the same main issue, but we'll get into that later. I don't know if it's but, an but issue, I, but it's the elephant know, in man. the room. But yeah, man, that 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 video. I mean, somebody else. I got that thought from somebody else, but that video like perfectly explains how I feel about this album. I asked for something. Okay. I was given what I asked for, and I was still, I was still underimpressed. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. So, what do you? What about you, Chris? What are your What are your first impressions on the band and then this record? So, my origin story, um, similar to Batman's. No. Uh, yeah. No. So, I, <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was probably about fifteen, sixteen, uh, and there's a guy who I used to live with. Uh, named Alex, who got me into a lot of like punk, hardcore stuff. He's the guy who got me into Primus. Uh, he, and he just burned a shit ton of music onto a disc room. He was like, there you go. Um, and One Arm Scissor was on that. And then, you know, I was like, what the fuck? And then my mate, uh, we, we went out and bought um, Disc Stations on Operational, which is the compilation that came out mm-hmm. at the time, which was a really cool because it's like not really a greatest hits. It's like the band actually picked. So there's loads of stuff off the EPs. There's nothing off Acrobatic Tenement bar that live version of Initiation that I talked about in the last episode. Um, yeah. But I was just like, I like, I, back then I think the only band I really listened to was like Nirvana. They were like my gateway band. Um, I, oh, at that point, I must have got into like more bands and stuff. But like, I'd never heard anything quite that batshit um and it yeah it was crazy uh and then like with this album coming out like uh so much hype and i think maybe that's the thing that what jeff is getting at is it was already like it was it, it could never live up because it'd been so long like roc is such a landmark record like if this yeah. had come out before relationship of command i think people would have loved it more um and it's with passage of time and going back to it and seeing them play it live has like allowed me to like love it more and appreciate it more um but i think that's the thing about the driving as a whole like i'm playing it to my housemates and they described it as two men shouting over a band falling down the stairs and i was like <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's why it's fucking brilliant so good um and then like i was like listen to it again yeah, this really is to my is. relationship with command and they went and and they did and they came back and went it's fucking brilliant uh, i was like right um but yeah with this record like i mean it's the elephant in a room which we'll talk about i'm sure is the absence of jim ward uh, and this is also people will forget this is the second attempt to make a new at the driving record like they tried before and it didn't work and that's where a lot of the anti-mass stuff came from providence was supposed to be the new at the driving song and yeah, it, it wasn't because jim jim bailed again at that point and you know and they were in the studio in 2016 with jim and jim jim you know jim left and it was discussed you know and you know it was his call and he chose keely um and yeah, i'm sure we'll get into that but you know i remember yeah. when, Gov- when governed by contagion dropped i was walking to work it was about six in the morning cold winter bristol and <laughs> i just Walt had, Whitman over I here stuck that shit <laughs> stuck that shit on repeat and like everyone at work thought I was mental. <laughs> I mean, it's a banger. It's a, I'm saying it now. It's a banger. Given by Contagion, yes, yeah, Chrissy banger. Is. Yeah, um, I, I, it's an album that's grown on me over the past couple of years. Um, but it's great. Yeah, 
Yeah, it really is. Um, my my whole origin with with the band was, I I saw the One Arm Scissor music video on MTV like in 2001. I think it was like right after they broke up, and uh, and I saw the music video and I just I fell in love with that with One Arm Scissor. I just could not get enough of it. I recorded the video on a VHS tape. I'd watch the video over and over again, and uh, and then I went out and got Relationship of Command on CD, and I I listened to the the shit out of it, and then. And then I found, and then after I bought the CD, I found out that they had broken up. So I was super bummed about that, that they'd never make more music. And then the Mars Volta happened. So I jumped on that bandwagon with the Tremulant EP. And then, you know, my whole love for Mars Volta started then. But, um, but yeah, so the, uh, but yeah, this, this album, I, I, the first song I heard like you, Chris was, was governed by contagions. And I, I was, I was anticipating this a lot because I had, because you know with the with them getting back together in 2012 and like you said them going to go record but then Jim Bailing and then Bailing the second time was fucked up and uh and I love the anti-mask record I think it's a solid record so I was just excited Ugh. for this I I knew it was going to be like a slower version of anti-mask cuz that's more like punk based yeah. than than this so I I mean I realized it was going to be like a slower anti-mask but it was it's this is better than the anti-mask record for sure this is it exceeded my expectations but at first, I was a little bit like Jeff and disappointed, but damn, this record has grown on me so much over the years since it came out in seventeen in twenty seventeen. But yeah, th- th- this album is an absolute fucking banger. Every song is is a banger, if not great or good. So I went so, back and, and listened to the Anti Mask record, yeah, this week, and and I like it more now than I, than I did when I'm sure yeah, at some point you brought it to the pod. Mm-hmm. And dude, like I think it's a fantastic record, but I cannot fucking stand the way he sings in that record. I think it's it's that is it's beyond bad. I think it's awful. <laughs> I think it is terrible. It's so irritating. It's so distracting from the great music that is being played. The thing that I, I dislike the most about that record is the uh the production and the mix of it. I think it's awful. Yeah, it's and- a bad mix. It's really bad, and they, their their friend was their friend mixed it, and I don't know if you remember Chris, but back then, the uh, the Omar and Cedric said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna actually be remixing all of the Mars Volta records from Tremulant through Nocturne. yeah, the whole vinyl you remember issue, that? like yeah. the vinyl issue that never fucking happened, that never fucking happened, and they were gonna remix them all, and then their buddy re- the the guy who mixed the Anti Mask record, he remixed Tremulant, and they put it up on their Bandcamp, and I bought it because I. I mean, I love the Mars Volta, and I wanted to hear this new mix, and it sounded like shit compared to the <laughs> to the to the original one. That like, sucks. I'm like, why the fuck would they do this? And I, I still have that mix somewhere on on a on a hard drive, but yeah, it's just like I don't know what it was. And then they never did anything else after that. They never remixed the Laos nothing. Um, so there's so many never done Omar things. Anti Mass yeah, Two, it's sucks. done with Travis Barker. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> Scab Dates Two, it's done. It's never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. Yeah. The Mars Volta documentary, it's done. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. I, I have years too. of footage. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Fucking. So annoying. Fuck that guy. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, you, I mean, you want to hate him so much because he's so obnoxious in that sense, but damn, he puts out, he, he writes he's, great music. He's so good at what he does. Yeah. He's so Omar. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he is. So do we, <laughs> do we have any stinkers for Interalia? Yeah. 
No, oh. I've got some OKs, but no stinkers. Okay, I got, I got, I have no stinkers either. But I, I'm curious to hear what Jeff's stinkers are. I've, I have one stinker. I have one song that I think is just stupid, and I, I wish it wasn't on there. If it's my favorite, I'm gonna be. So yeah, if it's one angry. of my non OKs, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so <laughs> cross. Ghost tape number nine. That. Oh, you're so rough. Toss it out. <laughs> Get it's it out a there. banger. That is my number four banger. <laughs> Oh dang! See, that's not even that. That's that's one of my. That's like my number six banger. I I, <sighs> I I love that on his first podcast with us, he's already <laughs> super upset. Like that's, <laughs> that, that is, I love it. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, ghost tape number nine. Not 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 only is this just like a little bit slower than the rest of them. This this dude, this is fucking boring. This goes nowhere. And I just like why why putting it in between tarantula cutshaw and, and hostage stamps. It's like why? Maybe if it was That's, a different placement, I would feel differently. It's Keely's song, bro. It's Keely's song. Did, it, did he write yeah. this one? Yeah, Keely wrote this one. Yeah, it was almost not on the album, Jeff. You were so close to getting it your way. Maybe this <laughs> album would have been <laughs> like Burger King. I have it my way, right? <laughs> I, no, this is this is this is a stinker. I did not like this song. I listened to the song wow. one point five times because <laughs> I listened to it, I listened to it once because you know I, I I had to. And then I tried to listen to it again. I was like, nope, can't do it. Done. Oh. Wow, this is, but this is like the, on this album, this is the equivalent to Metronome. Like this is equivalent to Invalid Litter Department. This right. Is, it's the, but it's yeah, a this builder. Is it's a grower. It's it not. builds. It is. Oh. It is the, per this album, yes, it is the equivalent of those deeper, more, you know, soft driven cuts. But but it's not. And again, this this better. entire this entire. Do you think this is better than Inval Letter Department or Metronome Arthritis? No, not li- not not lyrically, but musically. I think. But it's, so. I mean, at, at uh, points, at points. To me, it's the closest they got to Nocturne which you know, it's the closest they got to Volta. It's there's a real, yeah, yeah, that's true. There's yeah. a real atmosphere. Dude, the serpentine guitars. It's it's a builder. Oh, it's, <laughs> guys, it's dubbing. guys. We're You're getting, wrong. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're saying things that we're probably going to regret. We're drinking. <laughs> for us, it's a little bit early in the afternoon. To it be is early in the afternoon for you. For you. It's a little you, bit late. You're I get drinking it. I get stouts. It. You're drinking 11 percenters. I get it. We we're saying things we're probably going to regret later on. But before we get ahead of ourselves, before we get too deep into the nonsense that we're spewing, this is not a great song. <laughs> okay. This I is, mean, if this is like one of their worst songs they've ever done. Dude, get the fuck out of here! Like, this, is, this is this song is terrible. This song is awful. And that's when that Jeff bad, left dude. the band. Jeff <laughs> has left the band. <laughs> He's gone solo through his own podcast. I'll be hosting from now until the end of time. <laughs> oh God. Oh. Okay. So, so the, okay. We, I guess we won't talk about that for now until we get to Chris's fourth banger. But um. So yeah, let, let's go with our with our BBs, our biggest bangers. What do we got, Jeff? What do you got? Well, you go first, then Chris, then myself. You want, you, want, you want me to go first? Well, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's the order we've been doing this entire well, I just, fucking I just episode. got yelled at, so you know. Whatever. Well, you got yelled at for for being wrong about a stinker. So well, it's it's a stinker, but um, I I think I think much like we talked about the one two three for for relationship, I think the one two three here is also fantastic. I think the first three tracks open this up. And kind of almost give you like the illusion of like fuck yeah at the driving's back man, when as they're not they're not entirely back, they're almost, they're almost back there. but they're not entirely back. And I think that's that's like my biggest problem with this album is is we're fooled 
we got the the wool overall our overall audio. I can't even say that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The wool over our hour. <laughs> wow. Dude. The first three tracks are great. The first three tracks are bangers. Try and say it. The first three tracks wool are bangers. Wool over our eyes. Even you sound like fucking a little stupid. Fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would I would probably say out of the first three though, Continuum is probably my favorite. It's the most uh it's 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 so chaotic. It's it's chaotic. Not so much in like structure, but sound. Mm-hmm. And and mm. getting into one of the problems that I have with this album, and I'm just nitpicking at this point because I think this is a good album. I think it's I think it's pretty damn good. But the reason why I rated it so low is because this 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 album isn't isn't the the classic at the drive in where it's it's a post hardcore band with like prog under elements or prog mm-hmm. like tinges to it. This is more just just like at some points. This is an alt rock band with 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 punk undertones, and yeah, that's fair. I don't I don't want that. I don't want that at all. It, 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 I feel gross. I, I don't like that. I don't want it. And and that's the biggest problem I have is is they've softened up. They've softened up their sound. They're very structured. They're very structured in their their delivery. Not necessarily their sound, but in their delivery. They've they've fallen into this this old like fifties, we got to have verse chorus verse chorus thing. Whereas mm-hmm. on some of their earlier EPs and then relationship, it was dude, like just do whatever the fuck you want. But I think, yeah. I think that comes with age. I think no matter what, the older you get, the more structured your life becomes. And so, whereas when they were in their teens and early twenties, it was, it was chaotic because they didn't know what they were doing. Now it's chaotic because they want it to be. Mm. And I, I can hear okay. that. I can hear that. Okay, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. And that's, but that's Continuum's dope. That's interesting. No, Continuum is great. Yeah. Because, I mean, Omar even said, recording this album, they deliberately got into a mindset. They went back and listened to music they were listening to when they were in their 20s, when they were you know, out of driving this in the first time around. And so, and he's, he's came back out this year and said, like, I fucking hated doing that. I'd never do an album like that again. I would never try and force <laughs> it. Um, so maybe you've got a point there. Uh, and looking at my notes, it's just that I've written in several places, more anthemic rock. Um, so I think you are right. Yeah, there, there are places, there are songs on this record that are more like alt rock songs. Some of them work. Some of them don't. One of my bangers, I think, is very much an alt rock song. Um, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think <laughs> I think of the first three. Tilting at the Univendor is actually my favourite of the first three. I think it's got a real in Casino Out vibe. I think it's got a classic emo vibe in places like that two minute mark, uh, where mm. it just the beat changes. That's like a really classic emo emo move. Uh, I think Cedric's newer vocals work really well, and Omar's doing some classic squiggly guitar, uh, really against Ke- uh, Keeley's more straight up gym style rhythm. Um, that's annoying too. That, that that irritates me too. It's like we couldn't get Jim, so let's let's just get another member from his band. Well, Jim chose him. Yeah, <laughs> like, Jim, yeah like it was that's Jim's fucking decision. annoying. That's so dumb. That's so stupid. But why you you want a band member that but now that just, is going to gel well with the rest of the group? But now and you're just trying to replace played, Jim. But no, because no, but also you yes, know he has exactly the relationship with with Tony and Paul being in Sparta. 
Yeah. That's like even though I think that's like when your dog dies and you buy a new dog that looks like the same as your old dog. Like that's it. Come on, just do something different. Then pick somebody else. Pick another friend that they had. Even the guy that did like the cover art for them is a musician, and they could have picked him. Take Tom DeLonge. (laughs) But maybe they maybe they didn't gel with him on a personal level. You know, you have to take that into consideration. It's not just you know the style of music they have to gel with them as a person because they know they have to tour with them they have to write music with them it's way more complicated i'm not saying it's easy i'm not saying it's simple i'm just saying choosing another member of this of a band from the guy that was in your band to begin with is just it it seems it seems tired seems it seems easy it was also a last minute thing wasn't it like i said they were in the studio when jim backed out yeah like so it's kind of like who's around who's around jim's not Jim's not credited, right? Anywhere? No, I don't record? think he actually played a single note. <laughs> I don't think so either. No. I, 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 what I imagine, like he was in there just like rehearsing with them, and they were just like throwing ideas around, and then that's when he decided not to do it. That's what I think. Yeah, like, I don't vibe, think it ever got to the recording part. No, the vibe and Cedric is saying is he just was just like I think it's just too much has happened, and he's very like. I mean, Sparta haven't done it. I know he's got his solo stuff, but Sparta haven't done anything since Freeze. He has a couple of venues in El Paso. He's got his family. Yeah. I know he suffers from anxiety. I think he's just done with touring. I think he just struggles with touring these days and being away from his family and being away from his business. And he's always been like the quiet one. Yeah. I think. Uh, did you? Uh, he did an interview. Like he, I, he claims he doesn't really ever do interviews, but he was on a podcast a couple months ago, and it was pretty interesting because he talks about. You know why he talks about the at the drive and stuff, sleeper car, Sparta, all that stuff. And he talks about like how it was pretty much just like the fame of everything. Like it was, it had nothing to do really with the people in the band. It was just, it was, it was things moving too fast. Yeah, like getting that car rolling again. Yeah, I mean that's like you know, I mean they toured till like last year. That's you know, yeah, two thousand eight. That's like three years of their life gone. You know. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then, but and then looking at him back in the nineties too, the band they were playing like over 300 days of the year oh man you know, they, they were they're mental their touring schedule was insane yeah no wonder they burnt out like they did like yeah and i think like it was in 96 or 97 they they drove like over ten thousand miles in like 100 days or something like that it was something insane That's so much yeah, yeah. They, they drove all over the u.s so, oh, these I mean, boys so have worked hard yeah like yeah they i mean honestly they're one of those few bands that deserve the hype and the everything that they they have because they fucking worked for it like they really really did but um back to interalia though should we play a little bit of continuum since it's your uh, your bb yeah okay here's a here's a bit of a continuum for you guys
There you go. Continuum. A bit of continuum from out the drive-in. Did we talk about the lyrics a little bit on this one too? I mean, yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. I mean, I, I feel like the the lyrics are interesting in in this one because it's him speaking out against Scientology and his his involvement and his wife's involvement within that and the whole Danny Masterson thing and them leaving. And I mean, we'll get more into the Danny Masterson thing on, in another song if we get to that song. But yeah, the whole thing is like fucked up. And just this is him talking about, you know, they can harass him and, and fuck with him as much as they want. But he has so much shit on them that Cedric's delivering those lyrics and the verses, you know, it's like it's almost got that slap back on a, on the vocal. So it sounds like there's a man ranting at a podium, you know, and that really gives yeah. power to the lyrical. And I like the fact that he's gone for more like a a wail over a scream on this song that, you know, he's aware his voice is aged. Um, yeah. And which like, is, which is cool. Like, he yeah, he's playing, that. he's playing to its strength. Yeah. Like it sounds a lot more like, I think his voice is aged similar to Geddy Lee's, uh, to bring in some prog. Uh, like if you listen to a lot of like nineties rush, like, like stick it out from counterparts could be Cedric mm-hmm. now. Like if you stuck it on, like, I played to my mate and he was like, is that Cedric? And I was like, it could be. It could be. Um, I haven't. I haven't heard. I, haven't, I don't think I've really heard any '90s Rush. To be stick honest. on in your own time. Go listen to Stick It Out, and and even musically, it it could be Omar and Cedars, man. Sea <laughs> Dog and Omar. Okay. Uh, yeah, but that's a tangent. But anyway, yeah, like it's it gave me Viar vibes. Continuum. Like I got some. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It's a cool song. I, I can hear that a little bit. I yeah, feel like his 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 lyrics are presented. Oh, I feel like his lyrics are presented in this this like macho way. This this very addressing the problem as if you were going to fight somebody type of way. Very straightforward. Because in that pre-chorus part, he's, he talks about taking off your armor like he's challenging somebody, mm-hmm. like he's challenging the entire the entire infrastructure and the entire thought of it. And that's something we don't yeah. see like a lot, you know, for, like just like fighting. Like yeah, that's true. You know, like machis, machismo, machismo. What is it, machismo? How do you Ma- say that word? Ma- what is that I word? think it's machismo or machismo. 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 Ma- machismo? Yeah. Machismo. Exactly. Oh, machismo. <laughs> ah, machismo. You know what I mean? It's it's very it's very like there's a, there's there's a problem that he wants to address, and rather than like Zach De La Roca, it. And saying we need to rise up against this, he's facing it head on. He is saying, "Yeah, I'm going to fight you. I want to do this." And then in this, in the same, in the same stanza, the same line, he talks about how how your feet are bitten by frost, like you can't move. Now you won't step up. Once I have stepped up, you have not stepped up. Type of thing. I think that's yeah, very yeah. machismo of him. Yeah, it is. I like that. I like that line yeah, a lot. I do like that line. Banger of a song. I'm telling you. It is no, it's a fantastic song. It's also one of those the few songs on this record where you can kind of make out what he's talking about. 
because there there are points yeah. on this album where like what the fuck are you saying like it's just, it mean what you're saying means nothing like classic i you can't even classic yeah, like, he really it's just it's it sounds cool like what he's God, saying sounds cool but <laughs> just like what are you saying uh, it's weird but, but yeah this is one of the more straightforward lyrically but there's also like, like in the bridge there's also this little like hip hop inspired thing that they're doing like mm-hmm. the way the way he's singing it is is kind of like a little bit like rapping and there are bits and pieces throughout this album where his delivery is very much like Zach De La Roca. It's very just rapid fired, angry, straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when he's he's kind of holding one note and then just spitting it out. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, cool. Dude, it's good. But he does <laughs> he does throw that little that little vocal effect which I don't really like that much. You know where it kind of sounds like it's like through like a tunnel. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's almost like phasing it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I've never really been a fan of when singers do that, but the song is good enough to where it, it's not really that distracting. And he just he pulls it off pretty well. But other than that, the song is pretty damn fucking good. It's pretty but not, good. Not one of my bangers, but still. It's not one of my bangers, but it's good. No. Yeah. It's no. almost banger. It's A B. <laughs> yes, there you go. It's Fucking AB bring in new abbreviations. Get out! What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Are you still wet behind the fucking ears? Hey! <laughs> what is what is your biggest banger then? My biggest Mr. banger, yeah, Mister Mr. C Dog over here. Oh man, I'm denied, but I think it's hostage stamps. Okay, that's a good one. That, yeah, that's, that's up there for me too. That's funny because when I first heard it, like the first listen through. I thought this was such a lackluster closer, and I, I was like, "Dude, this like really this was your closer." Upon subsequent listens, this is a banger of a closer. Hell yeah! yeah. Oh, it totally is. This is my number three banger. Yeah, the, the only mistake was releasing it before the album came out. I think that was that was a silly move. Really? Why do you think that? Uh, because people came back and went, "Oh no, no, but last track is you know," and it's yeah, it's a, you know the, the first Up a Driving album in sixteen years, and we already know what the closing song is. I think a lot of there was a lot of online hoo ha. I didn't give a shit. I was like, "Great, mm-hmm. it's a great song." Uh, you know, yeah, we can get into it. Yeah. We can not get into it. I don't really mind. No, let's get into it. No, let's. Sweet. This is this is this is this is what we do on the pod. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's great. Dude, wicked baseline, right? One of the most, like, so one of the coolest good. fucking baselines on the so album. So good. And how tight, how tight are Paul and Tony on this record? Oh, like, no. across the album. I think especially Tony shines and the drums are mixed across the album, front and center. And I love it. He's so underrated as a drummer. Like, I think so too. Like, he, nobody fucking talks about him because Omar and Cedric overshadow everything in this band. But he has some of the catchiest beats, he has some of the coolest parts. On on both relationship and this record too, oh, especially yeah. relationship. Like his, oh, his yeah. drumming on relationship is just it's, he's like fr- some of the stuff he does is so cool. And I some think of because them, yeah, because of some of the most prog prog stuff on the album is in this song. I think when the drums are are doing its own tight little thing, and then mm-hmm. both both guitars are doing their own leads, and they're starting yeah. oh, at the same dude. place. They're 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 going apart from each other and they're reconvening. At the same place. That that is some of the most prog stuff on the entire album. Isn't this so good? That's kind of the cool thing about this entire record is that, yeah, I know Jim's gone, but Keeley really stepped it up. I know you guys were saying, especially Jeff was saying, like he's just like a a knockoff of Jim. Like he tries to do everything Jim does, but he has a lot more lead than Jim ever did. Oh yeah. 
like he him and Omar their interplay guitar wise is pretty damn cool and it's pretty damn intricate. It's I not. mean pretty much Omar Omar just wanks this entire record. If you really listen Absolutely. to his side, he yeah. it's the entire fucking album is a wank. But he he kind of buries his guitar in the mix a little bit and he they kind of turned up Keeley's part so Omar doesn't shine outshine everybody, I guess if you could say or or distract everybody. Oh definitely. But, but Keely, I mean, Keely has that perfect mix on this record of being that solid rhythm player, but with so many cool leads to accompany Omar. I, dude, this record is just, it's so underrated. It's so yeah. fucking underrated. Oh, definitely. Like, like in Hostage Stamps, there's so many bits of controlled guitar noise as well. Like you hear bits where like, I think both of them do it, one after each on the channel. It's like, and you, well, you can hear them dive bombing on a guitar, so really screwing of that tremolo arm and then just cutting the distortion so it just cleans up so quick. And that bit, oh, in, that bit in the bridge where Omar's just fully shredding, and the, as, mm-hmm. as Jess said, like, the guitars just like come to each other. And if you listen really carefully, Omar's going right against the rhythm that Cedric's doing, and mm-hmm. Keeley's matching Cedric's vocal rhythm like literally hit for hit and then they cross back over and it's just like oh and it hits the last chorus but like that interplay as you say it's so prog it's yeah. just great and i love the fact it finishes on a gang vocal which is a great callback to early out the driving oh Hell yeah so good and a bit where it all drops out and that little like synth the <laughs> comes in and like the way Cedric's like vocal cracks on the phrase liquor star it's so cute it's so great like oh man and the, the video like is is kind of somewhere between system of a down meets tool it's yeah I just thought ah oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, it's my biggest banger <laughs> let, let's play a little bit of hostage champs unfortunately you know because this is a stupid podcast it only plays one one channel, so I think, I think yes. we're kind of omitting uh, Keeley's parts. So just gonna we're just gonna have to deal with it and just go listen deal to the fucking it. record. So yeah, so here's um, listen. Here's a bit of hostage hostage stamps.
There you go. A little bit of hostage <laughs> stamps. So yeah, that was hostage stamps, and um, this is this is another one of the songs where there's the the lyrics are completely nonsensical. Like they, there's nothing there. As some people say, it's a word salad. Nothing more, nothing less. So fun just, though. They're so silly. Cedric is so silly. I, but I, I don't know if he thinks he's silly, but I think he's so silly. Oh, he thinks he's silly. He definitely okay. thinks he's silly. Like <laughs> I think he's so fun. He's a guy who enjoys how words sound more than how words actually fit together. But I fucking love that. I think he's. I do too. But that's also very deep. That's that's so self-aware and that's so that's so deep because words like like in uh, Alice through the work, Looking Glass, right? Words can mean so many different things, not just their actual literal meaning, but the way they sound, the way they're strung together oh definitely i mean there's bits on that yeah. song there's random words that are like they double the vocals and it really it changes the flow and it's it's so good it's really clever subtle quick production it's just like yeah yeah you know what you're doing you know what you're doing y'all so crazy cedric y'all so crazy look at you <laughs> doing these little these little dances for me <laughs> oh god yeah he's fucking dancing man What's cool, too, you know, with the whole reunion of At The Drive-In was that he didn't skip a beat. Like, if you ever watch, I mean, you've seen him post-breakup. I've seen him, yeah, I saw him in 2012, uh, 2017, 2018. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I think I've seen him three times since reunion, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, so, like, he still keeps up that energy. Like, he doesn't doesn't stop. Every video I've seen, he doesn't stop. For the first time I've ever seen him do it. Like, yeah, he's he's crazy. He never does that. Like, he was very much against that back in the 90s. He's a heavy boy now, too. Yeah. He was what? He's 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 a heavy boy. He's he's, uh, he's fluctuating. very much heavier than he used to be to be crazy. He's got kids, bro. He's got quits. (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm not like, (laughs) mind you, I'm just saying. Mind you, in the 90s, he was probably like a buck 20. Yeah, yeah. You better hope they carry you. Oh, no, we carried him. We loved him. <laughs> <laughs> we sweated with him. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen at the drive-in. I've, I've seen Mars Volta twice. No, three times. I've seen him three times. Nice. But I never saw at the drive-in. I saw Anti Mask as well. Yeah, I saw Anti Mask. Yeah, I've but seen... I never. Did you see Anti Mask with Travis, or was that no? Only he, the US he, tour? Travis, Travis don't fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, true. I saw. And them. he w- he wouldn't take a boat. No, no. I saw the day after Ike died is when I saw them, and that's the only time oh, I've actually shit. met Cedric. I, I've met Omar a few times, and I, I, I've told you guys off the pod. Like, I've been tattooed in front of Omar, and he found it hilarious. Um, but like, yeah, that was so weird because they were so sad, obviously. Oh yeah. And I thought they I mean, were, he was a huge part yeah, of his life. Yeah, we thought they were going to cancel, and they didn't. And I just said to them like, thanks. And I'm sorry, and can I give you a hug? I think was pretty much all I said. And uh, they did like a 15-minute Providence jam for Ike. They dedicated oh, it to cool. Ike. It was, it was, it was cool. Did anybody? Did anybody play keys? Uh, that show? Uh, oh God, he was. He was. It was Marcel was on bass. Yeah. Uh, our boy and then Dave Village, Dave Village drums. on drums. Yeah. No, I think it was just four piece. Yeah. Just the four piece. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I saw him, it was that four piece as well. But yeah, because they never had keys or anything like that. Yeah. But I mean, it would have been cool if they had somebody up there to to play keys to kind of pay homage to to Ike. To Ike yeah, they were cool live. They were better live than on record. Oh, oh, totally better. Way better. Yeah. It's like it's like um the Boucherettes. Like they're way better live. Oh, they're so great. Than than on record. Like uh, Terry is yeah. lovely, and I yeah Bosnian Rainbows were great, and yeah she's she's 
a heck of a woman in real life is our Terry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so hostage stamps. Are we good with that one? Should we move on? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think we could. I think I've said everything. Yeah, we're okay. good. I'm, I'm good. gushed. I've gushed. All right. So, so my my BB, my biggest banger, is. You ready for this one? Oh yeah. You ready for this one? Call Broken Arrow. Yes. The best song on the record. So good. Call Broken Arrow. Yeah, that's my. Dude, that's that's my third banger. Dude, it's it, just that. Not only the baseline, but uh, Cedric's vocals on this. Like he just he sounds so intimidating, and I've never heard him sing like this or with that kind of flow, and just the, this this song just kind of like rolls along really fast, but it's not there's it's not chaotic at all. It's they don't there's no song by them or the Mars Volta that sounds anything like this. Song. No, for sure, it's truly unique to itself. Yeah, oh, I, I love agree. It. It's the best. Like this is one of those that I wrote. It's like it's anthemic. It's an anthemic yeah. song. It's got a great opening riff. Uh, the, the bass under again the bass really tight with Cedric's vocal. Uh, oh, it's 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 in, it's amazing how tight they are yeah. as a band on this. Song. It is the best chorus. It's ah, uh, Omar's making some great noises on the verses that don't really sound like a guitar, but they are a guitar. Mm-hmm. It's ah, uh, the desecrated all breakdown about three minutes twelve in as well. Uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. So it's fan fucking fantastic. What do you think, Jeff? You hate this one? I think it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> just okay. I huh? think it's okay. This is uh, this is this is later in the album, and um, I think it's fine. I think I think I think it's squished in between two two great songs, and I I think it's okay. I mean, yeah, it is squished between between two great songs, but this is the greatest of the three. Uh, my my last note on it is Omar is ripping it. It's so good. <laughs> it's all over it. It is. And it, I mean, like, like you said too, Chris, like this is like one of the catchiest choruses on the whole record. Yeah. This and probably Governed by Contagions are the two catchiest yeah, choruses. This is like, to me, the perfect, like mature at the driving sound. Like they've grown. They're not trying to, this isn't them trying to be ROC or in casino. This was like, mm-hmm. this is how we sound now. Like we're a bit more of an alt rock band, but we can write a great chorus. We can write a song with great energy with some great sounds. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a banger for sure. It really is. It's it's the verses that get me every time. Like I, I can't believe how good the verses are. They're just. I guess that's like it, my my problem with it is 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 like you said. It's just it's a band that's no longer post hardcore with prog tinges. It's they're like an alt band that can write a cool a hardcore song. I don't know. <laughs> But no, it's fine. No, it's fine. I guess. Ah, oh, dude, whatever. I'm. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. Call broken arrow. Yeah, you and are. And by the time, and then by the time I stop <laughs> it, your your view on it better have fucking changed. Totally so, redeemed yourself. <laughs> so here's call broken arrow. I skipped some of the intro because it takes fucking. It forever. is. It is forever. <laughs> I thought thirty seconds would be enough, but apparently.
Was that a perfect fade or what? So Fuck good. Fuck off with your fades. That was a great <laughs> fade. So good. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> so at least somebody appreciates <sighs> it. Nobody likes your fucking fades. They just like the fact that I get so mad at your stupid fucking fades. Just, just cut it. The song already oh, fades so eventually. Just cut it. Oh, that's great. So yeah, Jeff, I don't know why you don't like it, but I mean... It's fine. I don't dislike it. It's not a stinker, but it's fine. Oh, it's yeah. a banger. It's a banger. I wouldn't... I wouldn't skip it, but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If I was going to shuffle this album, I wouldn't start with that song. I'll tell you that much. Ah, dude, you're nuts. This, this song has been on like my main playlist on Spotify for years. This was on this my is... work playlist, like oh, in the bio, so good, in for years. Yeah, and just oh, there's, there's, there's Omar noises on the verse, especially mm-hmm. here without Keely's channel. There, you can just really hear like that's classic at the driving Omar there, just like noise. Mm-hmm. That's pedal hopping, and then ah, oh. like he barely follows Cedric's melody. But it's it's just there enough, like yeah, it's almost off. But it, dude, it's it's fantastic. But it was really cool hearing it without Keely's guitar, Keely's yeah, it just pushes the dynamic a little bit more, I think. There's so much dynamic on that song. It's so good. Yeah, definitely. But uh, lyrically, I like every song on here. It's hard to to decipher what he's kind of talking about. But I kind of got this song is about just drug addiction and just how the person continues to use, and all they want to do is stop. But every time they want to, it's just like. The, the temptation is just too strong and it, they just keep going back and doing the same thing over and over and over again i feel like that's kind of to me that's kind of what i got lyrically from this song, yeah i can get a desecrate it all and you can call it a broken hour but it's never his fault it's always someone else's it's not my fault yeah and i can see the addiction in there for sure yeah well for yeah. sure like the last line god help me like that's is, is that not like a cry for help to the to the highest power to god <laughs> Yeah, right. And I mean, that's why a lot of drug addicts they turn to religion and they turn to God because that's the only I mean that's what they do. They don't know any it's built They don't the, know what else to do. Yeah, built into the top God, program, isn't it? Well, that, there's that too, yeah. Uh, is is God a part of the 12-step program? I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they they definitely is. I've had family members go through that and is, it, is, is she and still 12? They all turn to it. <laughs> it's essentially it's transference of addiction, isn't it? So you change your physical addiction to the addiction of faith without getting all exactly. deep and philosophical. That's why that's why drug addicts get so crazy with the Bible for like a, a year or two, and then a lot of the times they relapse because that high of of being religious, you know, it, it that 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 dissipates, and then they end up relapsing and going back. So the twelve step program is kind of a, a a sham. It's kind of fucked up. Oh, oh. It is. I mean, oh. it really is. If you look at if you look at everything, it, most people relapse. Yeah, it's just transference oh. of addiction. That's, not, that's all it teaches. That's not the. I mean, I, I don't want to get like too far into this, but that, I don't think that's the program itself. I, I think that's it's a it's a big part of the program. That's the illness of addiction is is the relapsing. It, that's not. Well, I, yeah, I wouldn't blame one thing or the other, but I mean, I, you know, you know. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, we we don't have to talk about this part anymore. It's, it's pretty heavy stuff. So. It is pretty it is, heavy. It is. it is pretty heavy for yeah. a for a, for a <laughs> light <laughs> and fun podcast. For, <laughs> this guy, for a bunch of knuckleheads that are day drinking and fucking night drinking, probably not the best time for us to get into this kind <laughs> the of twi- yeah, nuance. Yeah. <laughs> Let's review a beer and then dissect and tell us what's wrong with the twelve step. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> we are fucking no. We are, we are jerks. <laughs> English oh, jerks. <laughs> Barely getting through this fucking album as it is. Oh, you are such a hater on on Omar. I don't get it, oh, Jeff. But um, really what's a, what's am. another really what's another banger for you then? Me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we went through the the three of us tonight. It's you again. 
Oh, okay. Ooh, jeez. So let me. Um, this is not. This is not. I, I actually, I really like this song. One of my favorite lyric songs is "Tilting," "Tilting at the mm-hmm. Univender Vendor 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 Univender Univender Tilting at the Univender." Um, so I, I always like when I hear or see things that are, are unique or weird. I try and look up like the the liter the literacy the literacy term for it because there's a lot of a lot of okay. different things people do in, in poetry like uh-huh. iambic pentameter stuff and like we've 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 kind of dove into various poetry terms but I couldn't find this so what he does here is is he he rhymes the first word of the sentence three times not the last word so there's no like closure to each sentence he rhymes the first word and that's like that's weird. Does he? That's bizarre. It's it's like the opposite of the common rhyming scheme that we hear. On tilting the tilting at the univender. Yeah, he, he has stung, sung, and swung. He's rhyming those three, but those are starting the sentences rather than ending the sentences. So. Oh, it's, I see what you. Oh, in the bridge there. Okay. He's going okay, against it. the grain. He's going the opposite of what normally happens in rhyming structure, and. I don't know. That's really unique to me. That's really weird. That's really bizarre. And I love it. I think that's amazing. I think it's, yeah, that's, that, that is cool. I didn't notice that. Look at you, man. Look at you. Uh, you know, what, what, what do you want from me? I, so, I, I mean, come on. <laughs> I've, I've been trying to get more into like the poetry aspect of music writing and, and things like that and trying to look into these actual terms, but I didn't know how to Google this specific thing, so I couldn't find anything on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm horrible with poetry. I know nothing about it, so... It's lost on me as well. So, but that's—I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just like another, another, a deeper facet of of Cedric that maybe have never ex- has never existed until he's gotten older and gotten wiser and just been uh, been uh, introduced to more music. And yeah. naturally, his 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 older self is coming through, either subconsciously or on purpose here. But I think that's a, a pretty fantastic way to show how much he's grown as a musician yeah i agree with you i agree with you on that that's cool yeah so i mean but musically you just thought this one was what uh no i think this is also a banger i i i uh i don't i don't i'm not too big on the on the on the vocal aspect of this song i i I find a lot of his vocals on this album kind of annoying but the melodies are great i think the melody is absolutely fucking fantastic and in and it seems like on this one they were aware of Jim's absence and really tried to make up for it. Again, mostly probably because they got another guy from the same band who was kind of like Jim. But that's fine. <laughs> like the high clean sounds here are are very good. They're fucking great. Yeah. And, yeah, and for sure. I felt like I didn't I didn't miss Jim like I did in, in some of at the drive-ins earlier EPs. That was great. This is a banger. Yeah. They did a great job on this record and the song. Should we play a little bit of tilting? Play yeah, a little bit of tilting. Cool with that. It's a great song. Play a little bit of tilting. Okay, here we go. Here is tilting at the Univender from That the Drivings.
There you go. Tilting at the Univender. I love Omar's part right here. Yeah. It's like he's doing that. He's going up on the, or he's like, I don't even know what it is. Ah, oh, it's so good. So good. To agree with Jeff, so good. Like it, I did get, like, I think I mentioned earlier, like, in Casino Out vibes on this one. And the way that the song sort of unfolds and rolls along, it is a bit less structured than some of the other tracks on here. It does have, like, it calls back to their earlier stuff. Uh, yeah. And that little beat change is on the two-minute mark, rather than go straight into a second verse. Again, that's a classic sort of early at the drive-in, classic kind of 90s emo thing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a little it's a cute little. I don't know if it's quite a banger for me, but it's definitely a great. It's a great song. It is. It's it's a great it's a great kind of opener to the album because don't, I feel like the album gets don't better. fucking condescend my my bangers, okay, boys. Oh my god, <laughs> both, I've, you, both of you don't don't. <laughs> hey, you can't shit on Ghost Tech Number Nine and be like that's a piece of shit, and then be like, oh, <laughs> when he's like. Oh, it's not quite a banger. It's just okay. But like, you scum, get off my podcast. You can't yeah. <laughs> I will stand up to you, sir. That's true. <laughs> Ghost tape number nine is a stinker. Right? Oh, oh, you're God. so and wrong. Even like your 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 indifference to call broken arrow too is is very upsetting. It's it really is. It's fine. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Calls him as I see him, kid. That's all I can do. <sighs> Okay, uh, we got anything else about tilting, or what, what do you think? No, no, I think we did. That's it. Okay, uh, then what do you got, Chris? What do you for your I, uh, your two B? I, I guess since we've played it and it is my two B, we should go and maybe talk a little bit about governed. If that's cool, we don't have to because we've already played yeah. it. No, no, but, I uh, I'd like to talk about it too because this is my 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 two B as well. Oh, sweet, my second band. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it's their comeback single. Uh, I think. I think. The one thing that stops it being a perfect song is Jim not being there. Uh, but because I just think that that point, that last bit of the where Cedric's doing call and response of himself, if you had Jim screaming there, it would just sound so big. Uh, that would be really cool. You know, and yeah, in the chorus, the chorus really misses Jim. But what a great set of classic Cedric lyrics, complete batshit. <laughs> just again, words sound so good together. And the thing that got me about mm-hmm. me is it had that ROC feel by which I mean it was so chaotic that you feel at any point that song is going to completely fall apart. And again, it's Tony's super good drumming that just stops it from completely falling apart. The guitar tones are pure evil in places. You can see Cedric like in, in like your mind, like spitting out those words, twirling his microphone, like screaming <laughs> out. You know, I just think it's it's probably the most intense track in terms of like actual heaviness on the album. Mm-hmm. So it was a great comeback single. Uh, it's very aggressive. Yeah, very aggressive. Like, like like lyrically, musically, it's 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 probably the most aggressive song they've ever done. Yeah, was this song? Yeah, it's it's up there it's in my like top fifteen at the driving songs of all time. I would say it's it's pure, it'd be great. But yeah, but it does miss Jim. And I, I can I can hear where Jim would be, and that's what makes me sad. Like I can literally yeah, hear, exactly. like yeah, the way it's the lie is not the answer. He'd be doing a lot, you know. It'd be yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> my 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 some of my favorite lyrics on this one on this entire record, it, it's it's so violent, but it's the lyric, it's the two lines. There's a woman eating her newborn under a tractor's frame. She says, "Barren are the fields from the Nephilim <gasps> rain." Nephilim rain. <laughs> Such a oh, great dude, use of that, words, isn't it? It's so it's so graphic and it's so fucked and 
Oh my god, I love it. And I, it stands out. It really stands out when he sings it because he he sings it so quickly and like he he's trying to get out as mu- as many words as he can. That's yeah. so good, man. That is the be- That's the best part of this whole song. So great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This one's like like instantly recognizable as an at the drive-in song. Like the moment you hear it, the first five seconds, you say, "Oh, this sounds like that band at the drive-in." It's, well, it, this is the band at the drive-in, and and I think what what Cedric does really well is is his lack of swearing, his his lack of of, of swear words, and like you said, the, his his usage of that very graphic lyric. I think he does that well. He he's he's able to to put in your mind something really disturbing and really fucked up, and then matching it with chaotic music really messes with you and that's why i like in relationship of command things like that i you you feel panicked you feel weird is because Mm -hmm. that's what at the drive-in does best is they make you feel uncomfortable yeah Yeah. because it's just it's nothing you would normally hear from a band like it's it's on the verge of falling apart or breaking breaking apart it's their music is so unique to themselves it's insane yeah but i think the like what you were saying jeff and what both of you guys were saying was that you know this is very much this sounds like at, this is the most at the drive-in sounding song and i think that is because of tony on the drums with when he's during the chorus when he's hitting those those toms yeah like that's the way like do 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 get it's just it's so relationship of command yeah yeah I, 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 sure. I love it's it's one of my favorite drumming parts that he's ever done um yeah you know in this band i i feel like his drumming on this is really good it just he does a lot of weird fucking things, and then in, in this entire song too, like really unconventional drum parts that most most drummers would never would never even think of coming up with. He's he's very underrated. I like Tony a lot. Yeah. Is so is he? Uh, I mean, not getting away from the music a little bit, but is he the reason why Jim left? Did they not get along? No, him and Jim were in Sparta together. Who? Like they. It was Jim, Paul, and and Tony, and then Paul left to go join the Mars, Mars Volta, Volta yeah. in 05. and then but Tony stayed with Sparta. So who did Jim not like? Or it was Omar and Omar. Cedric. <laughs> like that was Omar, more particularly Omar, yeah, and well Cedric too, because Cedric essentially broke up at the drive-in originally, and then they would always talk shit on each other. Omar and Cedric uh, would always talk shit on Jim. Jim who? And then Jim would always talk shit on those two. Like nobody uh, ever had anything bad to say about Tony and Paul. It was always those three that were always fighting. So eh. I, I think sucks. it's just like an ego. It was like an ego clash, and I really think that's what it is, and that's why they yeah. didn't I think work out with Paul on this album. Jim never had the drug uh, problems, did he? I think he kind of was always the straight man to Omar and Cedric's clowning around and heavy use of drugs at the time. Yeah, especially heroin. Like yeah. Both of them were hardcore heroin users. Yeah. Especially after, like I know Cedric was super into heroin, the the early days of uh, Mars Volta, and then when Jeremy died, that's kind of when they're like, oh, when they shit. both said like, "Fuck, we need to both stop because we're gonna end up like Jeremy and our other friends who have died." But yeah, so they were they were fucking terrible drug addicts. Yeah, like sold all their gear several times, like had no clothes, like fully, yeah, fully heroin, living in their rehearsal space. Yeah, and I think Jim just they were got completely broke, yeah, sick of carrying that band <laughs> physically. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. Sad times. So yeah, that's that's <clears throat> governed by contagions. Uh, okay. We already played it, so I'm not gonna play it again. I but played it. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Should we kind of should we give our final thoughts, or what, what do you guys want to do? I, I'm 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 easy. I'm easy. It's up to you guys. Are you uh, easy, Jeff? I mean, I don't. Yeah, that's fine. We could. Um, 
I mean, do we go on well, for so long with these guys because there's so much. There's like each member has so much history and it's it's so rich. We can go on forever, so we gotta we probably gotta hone it in at some point. For yeah. sure. So actually, there is I I did forget about this, but I did want to talk about the song Holtzclaw, because the the story behind this one I had I'd never heard about this guy. Did you guys read the backstory on this guy? I did not. No. no. That it was named after. Well, this guy, this guy Holtzclaw. It says this guy's last name is a police officer in Oklahoma City. And in 2015, he was convicted of a shit ton of rapes, uh, raping uh, African-American women. Uh, So what he would do is, he he was like 25, and what he would do is he he would pull somebody over, look up their background in the police system, and uh, and he would kind of like coerce them into having sex with them, and he would rape them, and this and that. And then one girl finally, actually several women came forward, but the police reports were ignored. And then one woman came, I, I don't know what, the difference with this woman was but she came forward at saying that she was raped and then they investigated and they found out oh my god this guy raped like he was charged with like 16 uh rape with 16 rapes and he was um he was sentenced to 263 years in prison and it was this, this big thing and then oh and then uh cedric wrote the lyrics about this guy kind of like bringing up like the the stuff that goes on with that can go on with like people in power and the police force and all that kind of stuff and it was him kind of saying like nobody's talking about this in 2015. Like where is this? Like no, the news isn't picking up on it. This entirely fucked up situation. So I read like all about the court hearings and dude, it's fucked, man. This guy was fucked up. I I couldn't believe it. And That's the fact that Cedric old. wrote a song about it was it's sad. Like, that like is nobody. I I never heard about this. Did you, Jeff? No. This fucking I mean, guy, this guy's a piece of fucking shit. That's quite similar, I suppose, to, to Invalid Lit Department and all the murders in Mexico City as well. Like, yeah, yeah. that's... Like, it's it's pretty damn dark. Like, the way, I mean, just was reading, like, the different accounts from these women and, and the fact that, like, four women came forward and filed police reports and they ignored all of them. And then this one, this one lady came forward and for whatever reason, they believed her and then they went back to the old police reports from the year prior and found out, oh, well, this isn't the first time that this guy's been, or that these, these same exact allegations have been brought up. So let's let's look at all these GPS things for his car. And, like, they found all this, this fucking evidence. And it was insane. I, I wonder, like, I mean, just getting completely political here, but I wonder if that one lady that came forward, I wonder if, if A, she was, she was white, or B, she had money. I wonder so, why she was the only one they listened to. So what I was reading from what I got from it, every single woman was African-American. Uh, most of them were, were like were stopped for or they had warrants for like drug possession or prostitution or something like that. But this this one woman who came forward and they believed her was because she had no criminal background history. She had um, she had nothing like she was she just happened to be driving through the bad part of the neighborhood, but she wasn't from there. And I guess that was why they believed her, because she had no criminal history. And that was it. But she was African-American, but I, I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of was because she had no criminal history. Very interesting. Yeah. But the whole thing is fucked, man. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And that nobody talked about I it. I did not nobody know Nobody fucking that. talked about it here in the States. That's, that's mind-blowing. That's horrible. Yeah. So I suppose it also... I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. I suppose that leads a little into being curably innocent as well, which is similar subject matter, but a little bit more personal to Cedric, I guess. Yeah. With, with the whole Danny Masterson Yeah, rate. man. Yeah, because his wife was... I mean, they were both into Scientology, but his wife dated Danny Masterson and was raped repeatedly by him. 
and she came forward. Well, originally she came forward anonymously and then uh, the, the Church of Scientology actually, because it was her and like four other women came forward anonymously, yeah. but the Church of Scientology came out with all of the girls, the women's names, including Chrissy, his wife. And, uh, and so it just kind of blew up from there. And then now mm. we see where Danny Masterson is, where he's on trial yeah. for, for all these allegations. That wasn't, that wasn't until this year though. The trial. I know. Yeah. Yeah. This has been, I, yeah, this I mean, has been going on for like 2020. Years. Like, interesting. I, like what? Yeah. yeah. And then if you, if, if you've, if you've been following Cedric's, uh, social media, Cedric and Chrissy's, uh, yeah. social media, they, the church of Scientology have been, they've, they've killed one of their dogs. Yep. They've tried to kill another one of their dogs. They constantly harass the family. Uh, they, they, they post up people in front of their house and just like videotape them. And they, they're just consistently harassing the, these uh, Cedric and his wife and their two kids. And they've gone to the police, but the police won't do anything. They've gone to TMZ, but TMZ won't do anything. And it's taken years for anything to happen. It's horrible, and they've man. constantly been calling it out. Yeah, they, and they have like video evidence of them being stalked and and all this kind of stuff, but nothing's been done. And it's also it's quite it's, probable that Cedric only got into it in the first place. If you look, you know, again we've, we've talked about it before, but the whole twelve step thing is Scientology does that. They prey on drug addicts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and he went through a period of getting clean and whatnot, and that's that's you look at the timelines. That's when he got into Scientology in the first place. So you think again, like these are people who are just taking advantage of. Of yep. people and, and people at their worst. Yeah, yep. it's just the lowest. I mean, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's fucked up, man. Yeah, the whole Church of Scientology is. I, it's unbelievable that that it's as prevalent as it is. Like, and nobody really says. Oh, dude, up the road there was a million dollar, a million. I guess a dollar. Fuck it, because we're talking to you guys. There's a million dollar Church of Scientology, huge building, less than a half an hour walk from my house. It's freaking scary. Fuck, it's man. all gated and well, like it's full, full creepy, man. So, so there's there's a small little city here in Southern California called Hemet. The city's called Hemet. <laughs> Jeff knows where it is. Yeah. But um, our friend, a friend of the pod, Chris, he Chris Murphy, he he used to live out there for years, and they <laughs> actually have this. Yeah, I know, because I, I had to differentiate. But anyway, so uh, so they actually have this giant compound out in Hemet with like these big ass fucking walls, and it's like a castle. And apparently, they uh, they film like movies. And they film um, like propaganda videos at this compound out in Hemet, out in the middle of fucking nowhere. The city is in, literally in the middle of nowhere, and uh, and yeah, it's like super eerie. Like you drive by it, and there's like armed guards everywhere, like and just these big ass fucking walls. It's it's creepy. It's fucking creepy. But yeah, it's out in Hemet. It's I don't know. What a positive yeah. Chris way to, to drive by end all the, time. the part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. I feel like I feel like it happens a lot though. We always we always get really irritated. <laughs> Because here we are as a country hating hating black people, right? That's like the big thing now is this Black Lives Matter. But like people hate like like especially in Arizona where I live, people just think it's such a joke and it's so stupid and and it's such a small potatoes thing. Whereas like institutions, like the entire mm-hmm. American institution is corrupt and religion, like worldwide religion is corrupt. But yet we're focusing here just on on illegal immigrants and black people. Yeah, I mean well, it, it's. Missing the more forest through the trees yeah. here. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, should we wrap it up now? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's yeah. give our final thoughts on it and then give our rating. So we have our three-point rating system where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to and recommend to others. One is a bad album, but you should give it a shot. And zero is an album that should have never been made because it's just it's torture to people's ears. 
So, Jeff, what are your final thoughts and what are your rating? What is your rating on this record? Okay, well, I, again, like I said earlier, this was this was an album almost two decades in the making, and this was something that that uh, a lot of people were looking forward to, and we asked for something, and they gave us mm-hmm. what we asked for, but still, even then, I was I was still it was still it was it was just too milk toast, is what this album was, and. Okay. This is not this is not their best album. This is their worst album. But <laughs> fucking wrong. I don't know. Like their worst album. That's I, what does that even fucking mean? It's like it's like being the worst pizza. Like you're still pizza. You're still fucking delicious. Who cares? It's like it's like saying uh, the worst Primus album is a bad album because it's a great album. No, 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 no. It's, it's the Wonka like album. That because the, the worst Primus <laughs> album is the Wonka, and that it's, is a bad. It's, it's album. It's pretty bad. Yeah. That is terrible. Bad. That's like. I would probably give that a one. That is a bad album. That is I shit. love Primus, but it's bad. That is terrible. Uh, you guys are crazy. It was, fun life. it was fun live. It was fun live. All right, sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to interrupt you. This though. is yeah, you did because you did it. This is fine. That's no, true. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with this. Um, I would go back to this, and and after doing this week, I will go back to this. You will. You'll get the vinyls and and continue to listen. I did order the vinyls on on uh, Amazon, but it'll it's gonna be in like fucking early October. That's stupid. Yes. What are you gonna do? But uh, I am really interested in 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 Diamante though. Like that's the one that fell by the wayside for me. I don't remember why I didn't I didn't listen to that more because that's a fucking banger of an EP. But whatever. Mm-hmm. This uh this is great. You should you should listen to it if you're if you're a fan of music, you should listen to this because it's 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 good. Maybe this will get newer generations into old at the drive-in. And I think that's what this may do perfectly is get new generations into old at the drive-in. Yeah, I think with so that, mm. uh I'm going to get this is 2.25. Mm, okay, that's a yeah. little low, but okay. It's 2.25. Okay. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, Chris, what do you got? What are your final thoughts and what's your rating on this final one? Final thoughts? Uh, I think, yeah, as Jeff has said, it was, it was always never going to be able to live up to its own hype. Uh, there, the, there is the, it does miss Jim, uh, but I don't think it misses the Jim as much as people like to say it does because people like to critique. Uh, I was disappointed when I first got it, but over the past two and a half years, uh, I've gone back to it and every time I've gone back to it, I've loved it more. Uh, it is what it is. It's somewhere between in Casino Out and Relationship with Command. Uh, for me, it's a solid 2.6, straight up. It's Dang. I don't think we've ever given an album a 2.6. That's that's an off number right there. That is an off number. I did yeah. it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> you also said you. Tyler's favorite phrase. He says it <sighs> all the time. His favorite no, phrase is, no, it is no. what it is. Oh, no. Follow the science. It. Live. No. Laugh. I follow laugh. science. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No. I, I heard you chuckle, Jeff, when he said it, when he said it too. <laughs> but 2.6, huh? Okay. Well, at least it's better. You thought it was better than Jeff did. So oh, that's, yeah. that's all that matters. So, uh, so my final thoughts. I When we originally did this album way back, when on the pod the week after it came out i i thought it was just okay at best and jeff i didn't think i don't think he liked it at all uh so we kind of talked shit on it but yeah and and over the years it's really really grown on me i i listen to this album pretty damn often and uh i am glad i found it this is like one of the first like first 10 records i bought on vinyl and uh and i found out in the wild 
surprisingly. And um, but yeah, so I love this record. I think it's fantastic. I think it hits all the right spots. But I also understand where where Jeff and Chris come from um, about missing Jim and all that. But regardless, they 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 did what they could and they did a really good job. God, dude. So I'm gonna have to give this album. There 2.75 2.75 it's not perfect hey, i thought you not perfect. three because you're a little cut oh, come on what you do <laughs> no, I, I don't give i don't i don't pass out threes like they're yeah, you, you know, do. as, as you would say you as, as you would say but no a 2.75 for sure it's not perfect but it's fucking great it's fantastic so yeah that's that's what that's what i got that's all i got that's all we got i guess right yeah we got any uh yeah. closing thoughts or anything like that nope no, no, nothing. Oh, good. All right. Well, thank you for having thanks. me. Come on. Absolutely, man. Thank you for even wanting, or thank you for even listening. You know, it's just, it's awesome. Thank you for his, that. Do I, wait, do you want to plug his band? Because oh yeah, 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 really good. Band. Oh like shit, it, Go I think it. they're really good. Cool. Yeah, check out Modern Literature. We're good. We played our first show in seven months, and uh, check us out on Spotify, Bandcamp, and Instagram. For, there you go. For the we are uh, modern li- literature. Yeah, yeah. For the American listeners, modern literature. Modern literature. There you go. So yeah, go check them out. And thank you again, Chris, for for coming Thanks, on. Thanks, guys. It's, it's awesome so that much. that you listen, and we we greatly appreciate it. So go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio, and that's it. That's all. Uh, it's like we're slightly sexier now, but Peaky Blinders has become a big thing. Ooh, um, good. It's great show, but terrible accents. <laughs> um, well, very few of them are actually from Birmingham, <laughs> and you can tell. Tom, the guy, uh, Killian Murphy, he's not bad, uh, but you know Arthur, he's like half Cockney, half Scouser, uh, and <laughs> you know you always know. Third episode of every season. Arthur, I'm sad, I'm sad Tom. It's the third episode. I've got to have a breakdown. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just what you've got to do. Um, so, yeah. Um, and this is where Omar stepped up to guitar and, and backing vocals. Bless him. He tries. We got the, the wool overall, our overall audio. I can't even say that. Wool, wool, wool. wool over our hour. Wow. <laughs> Dude. The first three tracks are great. <laughs> the first three tracks are bangers. Try and say it. The first three tracks Wool are bangers. Wool over our eyes. Even you sound fucking little stupid. Fuck you. This, uh, All right, sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to interrupt you. This is yeah, you did because you did it. This is fine. That's true. <laughs> <laughs>